You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. The world's most exciting podcast, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I'm Michael Savage, host of the Savage Nation podcast, home of borders, language, and culture. Hear my new podcast each week as I speak with top guests from around the world. Right now, we have over 700 shows in our library featuring interviews with world leaders, scientists, faith teachers, and more, including President Donald Trump, Prime Minister of Israel Ehud Barak, Edward Teller, the father of the hydrogen bomb, Jerry Falwell, and so much more conversations and commentary you cannot find anywhere else. Other guests have included Samuel Cohen, the father of the neutron bomb, Breitbart's Alex Marlowe, the great author Peter Schweitzer, Colonel Douglas McGregor, Be Here or Be Nowhere, the Savage Nation podcast. Catch the Michael Savage podcast on all podcast platforms every Tuesday and every Friday. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson, the man who's here every day of every hour, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. How's it going, man? Oh, living the dream. How about you? Pretty good. I've uh, been heavily anticipating this day for a while. We got our CPI inflation numbers, and of course, you know, we trade in the stock market every morning. I'm not going to lie, I enjoyed the number coming out. My heart was actually pounding it out of my chest it was when trying to attack and kill you it was trying to attack and kill me it did not succeed did you get a uh, preemptive shot it's been a fun <laughs> been a fun day so far and uh surprisingly the market's bouncing up a bit but i think it's a bull trap we'll see anyway that tells you guys that we're going to be talking about inflation just mm. a little bit today i'll have you know i've been listening to old episodes of a podcast called good morning liberty all day trying to catch all of the times that we predicted exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> and my phone ran out of space, so I was not able to get all of them. Uh, but eventually we'll do we'll do that. It'll be a big We Were Right special. What'd you do today, Nate? <laughs> oh, you know, I just went back in time and figured all the times I was right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And told you guys what was going to happen. I predicted the future. <laughs> and uh, It's not that hard to do. It's really not. If you want to predict no. the future, just look at the past. It's, it's pretty uh, pretty easy to do. Uh, yes. by, by the way, we were talking beforehand. I got this video from CNBC. That, this is Good Morning Liberty, by the way. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. And it's a place where you could be the most prepared to predict the future. Right? It, it is. Like, if you're listening to this show, you're probably more prepared about what's actually coming mm-hmm. for you. It's not a future. surprise. Like, we're not, we're not a bunch of fear-mongering. We're not two fear-mongering dudes. 
And we do say you should take some responsibility to be prepared for certain things to happen, but it doesn't mean that we really think the end of the world is near. Okay, that's not that's not what this show's about. But we are we do tell you about things that are probably going to happen based on what's currently going on and what history tells us. And I th- learned that from Patrick Henry. That that was not he's mm. was he one of your high school teachers or Mister? He was Henry. one of the founders. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, founders, I remember him. Founders of a country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had his class, mm-hmm. I think, in college. So we're he's famous for "Give me liberty or give me death." Like mm-hmm. that's the line everybody takes from that speech. But what the whole speech is mainly about how he understands history, therefore he can predict the future. When he's talking about that the British are going to attack, like you don't. He's basically saying, like in that whole speech, he's like, you don't send soldiers overseas, like for things to be peaceful. Mm. It's like soldiers come over for a war. The, it, the, just in case anyone's wondering verbatim, the quote was something like I have, I've only got one battery in my flashlight that guides my boat. And that is, uh, says I have, I have but one his, lamp by which my, my history feet, class, I have but one yeah. lamp by which my feet are guided. And that is the lamp of history. Okay. Okay. I was close. I know no way of judging the future, but by the past. Look at that. Yes. Charlie's got that tattooed on the back of his eyelids, man. Sure is. Okay, let's play this video from NBC. I was watching it this morning because I was watching the CPI data. We will talk about inflation hitting. I was going to say, um, what are we talking about? This is inflation? Inflation mm. day here on the show and possibly a little bit of this video coming out from Uvalde, which is uh, disgusting. Got some video to play, though. Luckily, all of the children's screams have been removed from the video, so you don't have to worry about hearing anything like that. We could potentially play that. Sorry to bring it down a notch right there. I was watching CNBC this morning, and I caught this little exchange. Now, I was telling everyone beforehand, um, surprisingly, this clip has not made it up on their YouTube channel. The conversation is on their YouTube channel, but they cut the video off. They end the video at the time that this conversation, these lines start. They didn't have time. They just weren't able to keep this in there. Mm -hmm. So I had to get my phone out and record the TV screen playing this. Rewind the TV. I did. And record it. I hit the rewind Mm -hmm. button. And so I recorded this. The audio quality, not great. The video quality, not greater. But let's listen to what they had to say when they were trying to figure out what is wrong with our economy. Why can't we fix what's going on? Why does this keep happening? Why isn't the Fed doing their job? What should we do to fix How everything? How is inflation higher than estimated again? How is this happening? All right, go. I mean, th- there are things that are coming out of the White House that are patently false about, about economics. And there's people that believe you know, it. The, you, know, the the you know, Joe, in the old days, we, we talk about Ayn Rand. In the old days, you talk about Ayn Rand. Nobody so, does boy, anymore. You even hold her book in public. So well, only, in terms right. terms now. only in disparaging yes, terms now. Only in disparaging terms now. But Friedman. they should still read it. We should be reading it. You know, we should be afraid of knowledge. Why are we all afraid of reading and expanding our horizons? The invisible hand. Invisible hand's got not only invisible, it's a lot smaller. All all over the White House. I don't understand how we're having this conversation because we we just had massive government bailouts. Massive government bailouts of the entire business community. The entire industry was something that had nothing to do with Ayn Rand at all. Oh, it all has to do with Ayn Rand. ESG is anti-Ayn Rand. It's all the same story from a much different tangent. Well, Charles, we've got to move on. Thank you. Uh, I mean, 
Well, they're telling us we got to move on. Yeah. So I'm not sure if you caught that, but he brings up Ayn Rand, yelling about Ayn Rand, and then the other guy chimes in. They got a couple pretty good free market people. When when people from the government come in, uh, they they challenge them, and so I do like watching it in the morning. And uh, like yesterday, I believe, or the day before, they were challenging one of the people uh, from the White House about the Putin price hike, talking about how much prices were up before the Putin price hike. And uh, and so they challenged them. So they start talking about Ayn Rand. And he said, yeah, same goes for Milton Friedman. And he says, uh, what about Adam Smith, Invisible Hand? And then he says, uh, you know, ESG is anti-Ayn Rand. And then the next guy says, yeah, they're telling us we got to go. I was glad that I happened to have CNBC on at that time. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Listen, y'all, we only get one mind. And it's a terrible thing to waste. I've never really thought about it this way, but it's probably something you should take care of. Don't you think so? I think you should. I don't know if y'all thought about that before, but we only get this one brain as far as we know. And just like if you only have one car for the rest of your life, you probably want to do a little bit of maintenance on it. Maybe you want to learn new stuff, maybe you'll find different ways to, to de-stress. Working out, that's something I heard about one time. You, there's also BetterHelp Online Therapy. And look, I use online therapy from BetterHelp, and it has changed my life. This company, you use BetterHelp? I use BetterHelp. How long would you say you've been using it? For a little over a year now, nice. I've been part of BetterHelp. My therapist is a great, great therapist. He listens to my problems, my woes, my highs and my lows. And he is uh, he's excellent. I love talking to him. I can set up a video call, a phone call, or I can even text him when I'm feeling certain things. And he gets right back to me. And by the way, it's much more affordable than in-person therapy. Trust me, I have done both of them. And BetterHelp is much more affordable. And you can even be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Sign up. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash GML for Good Morning Liberty. GML. That's betterhelp.com slash GML. Now, isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. How, look, all of you guys that listen to this show, you're on the right side of history. Like, And I don't mean this in an arrogant way. It, it's kind of unfortunate that we know the truth and things around us keep going the direction that they're going. Um, But at the same time, I think it is probably fortunate to know why all of this is happening. And this is something that libertarians um, and Austrian economists, even Chicago economists have been screaming from the rooftops for literally hundreds of years since studying all the societies and how they all come to a collapse and what happens when you screw with the monetary system um, this, this is all predictable. It's all predictable because it just keeps repeating itself over and over and over again. Um, and, and folks like Ayn Rand and Milton Friedman and Thomas Sowell and Adam Smith and, you know, Mises and all the guys, Hayek, that were all correct, that have all been correct. Ron Paul have all been correct about these types of things happening all the time. And all they keep doing is they're just expanding the boom and bust cycles more drastically to where you have these that such unstable markets. We covered Sri Lanka yesterday and what's happening there. And people don't think that can happen to the United States, but mm, it can. It'll be a lot more difficult for it to happen to the United States, but it will be a lot worse for the entire world if it ever does happen to the United States. I That's- sincerely don't want that to happen. I know there's a lot of uh, collapsitarians out there. 
I don't want to see a full collapse. That will suck no, really I, bad. I don't want to actually like hunt for my food. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, don't want to. I don't want to like employ the minimal survival skills that I have. I don't <laughs> want to use them. Um, I, I much prefer a life of luxury, obviously. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but the, uh, so I was talking to Stephanie about this a little bit last night. Um, my wife, Stephanie, and the the well, some of the big news that's going around is obviously that there was uh, that the euro was equal to the U.S. dollar briefly. Now it's less, mm-hmm. by the way. And she's like, well, what does that mean? Like, what is that? I was like, well, everything in the world, like currency trading is all compared to the dollar and actually any commodity is all compared to the dollar. And the reason for that is, is because the United States has arbitrarily um, decided, uh, well, and the rest of the world currently still agrees that the U.S. dollar is the world reserve currency. So every commodity, um, all currencies, everything's traded against the dollar. Now, of course, you can trade other currencies against other currencies, but it's still relative to the dollar, the strength of the dollar. Um, So the strength of the dollar is going way up. All other currencies are coming down. And so what does that actually mean? Well, the, the one thing I think we should pay attention to is that no matter what happens in those types of markets, it doesn't really matter to the United States as long as the United States remains the reserve currency of the world. And I told her all it's all it would take is like China and Russia and maybe a few other countries to come out and say, yep, we no longer are going to trade things in dollars. We are going to trade them in rubles or we're going to trade them in yuan, or rupees, like, rupees, whatever. We're going to trade in Bitcoin. It doesn't like they, they you would just need some pretty decent economies that have uh, that actually have actual value, which are commodities like hard assets um, oil, natural gas, food, those types of things. And they could decide that they no longer want to trade in, in the United States dollar. And then I think you would see around a 90% collapse of the dollar, um, which would be pretty terrible. Like imagine if you make $100,000 a year to just all of a sudden live on $10,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Like that would be your purchasing power from where you're currently at now. I mean, like that type of collapse would be catastrophic. But it's not impossible. This is like this is why this stuff is so important. Why economics is literally the single most important thing to human beings is because the things that can happen and it's happened throughout history to all sorts of powerhouses and economies and things that were too big to fail. Um, you can look at the Romans. You can look at the Greeks. You can look at the Mesopotamians. You can look at the Egyptians. You can like uh, literally all of them, almost all of them. And see how those societies that were too big to fail, in large part, especially uh, when you look at the Romans and the Greeks, came from um, inflating the monetary supply to a point that it was no longer sustainable. The good news is that we've learned our lesson and we're not going to do it anymore. (laughs) So the problem's solved. Yeah. We're not going to worry about this. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the big news of the day is that our inflation year over year now at 9.1% that, uh, exceeded the expectations of 8.8%. So weird. So weird when they exceed the expectations. Uh, so we got up over nine, I believe, uh, that's over 40 years now since it's been, I think like 40 and a half years during that whole time during the seventies that we, we get back to. Didn't, uh, didn't Janet Yellen say that we would never see another recession? 
Um, I don't know if she did or not. Fed chair? I'm pretty sure she said that. We covered that on the show. Well, she just meant while she was the Fed chair. Oh, no, I think she said like we would never see another one. Now, of course, we're not officially in a recession yet. We have to wait for the second quarter numbers to come out. Um, But really, the if you want to know the true number of inflation, it's probably at least double that. Uh, And I think most of you could probably tell by when you go to purchase things that it's at least double the 9.6%. It depends on what kind of things you're buying. Obviously, the inflation rate's different on all on all sorts of things, and we're going to go through that here in a little bit. So it depends on what kind of economy your house is running on. One thing they like to do, which we'll talk about here in a minute, is they like to talk about the core inflation versus the actual CPI number. They talk about the core inflation because that excludes food and energy. So if your household is running with no energy and you don't require food, then you're doing pretty, you're not doing too bad right now. The inflation's been coming down for a few months. So that sector of the country that uh, doesn't have to rely on energy or food, uh, they're doing okay. They use that to, but what's up? You're about to say something. I was just going to correct myself on the Janet Yellen statement mm. in 2017 when she was the Fed chair. She said, I don't believe we'll see another financial crisis in our lifetime. Mm. She's still alive. So I think I think she's going to be wrong about that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. But she said thanks to a number of safeguards that they enacted in the wake of the 2008 financial crisis. You know, there's, there's not another one looming on the horizon. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not worried anymore then. So the, the thing they're going to tell you is that this is all driven, of course, by energy. Everything else is getting cheaper. Uh, this is all Putin's fault, of course. This is the Russia invasion of Ukraine. That is the main driving factor. And it is the main driving factor behind the number itself. Uh, the energy number is really high. But even CNN, by the way, top of their page today, you can see... This is actually their front page. I took a screenshot of it. Top left box on CNN. Inflation isn't being driven by outliers. It's up across the board. So they go ahead and say, you know what? This is actually with everything. And don't worry, I brought the numbers on that for sure. But they say inflation isn't going away anytime soon. Quote, if the Fed was hoping to find signs that inflation is beginning to abate, they likely didn't find it in today's CPI report, said Jason Pride. Number two, inflation is hot across the board. Prices rose across the board. Inflation is not being driven higher by a few outliers like food and energy. Gas is falling, but they but that might not help. The continued strong gains in the cost of housing and apparel must temper suggestions that hope for lower gasoline energy bills will resolve inflation concerns in the near term. And the Fed is probably going to hike the rates until we get into a recession. They are going to push us into one because they got to cool down the problem that they helped create. And then the rest of our other issues, you know, the Fed didn't decide that they were going to do sanctions on Russia, that they were going to transition our energy, that they were going to make sure no one in the world was buying Russian oil and gas, except for like the other, the two biggest nations in the world, like China and India, Mm. but everyone else, uh, they, they didn't make those decisions, but they did decide to print or create a ton of money. Quite a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of money. They're just over there at the Fed flipping switches. Yeah. From suck to blow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course. 
Okay, on this chart. That's from Spaceballs, by the way, if you guys don't get that reference. Never seen that movie. Sir, she's gone from suck to blow. On this chart right here, we've got all the different items inside of this report coming through on the live stream. These little green boxes I have are going to come through as like uh, black boxes because of the green screen removal that we have going on right now. So on this chart, I have highlighted everything where the inflation slowed down from the previous month. And what you can see on June 2022 is that that's in two things. That's new vehicles and used car and trucks. And the, they still inflated. They still went up, but they're down from the previous months. That's why they're highlighted in green. The inflation actually dropped. So everything else, where they want to just blame it on the food and energy, um, everything else on the chart is increased, has increased from the previous month. Now, Here's what's going to happen. Next month's reading is going to be a lot better. Gas has, in fact, gone down a bit. The price of oil has gone down. Uh, food prices, I think, are going down a bit. And we're noticing in, in my neighborhood a lot more sales at a lot more stores. And I do think that we will get a much better reading next month. I'm not sure how long that will hold on, though. They can't keep those sales going on forever if everything else is still uh, I mean, we're not solving the energy problem. The reason energy is going down, the reason oil is going down, is not because they've solved the supply crisis of oil. It's, that's not the reason. The reason oil is going down is because people are going into economic recessions and they have less money to spend on travel. So there's less demand for fuel. So there's less demand for oil. So the prices are coming down. That's not the reason that you want prices to come down. You want them to come down because we fixed the supply problem. They're coming down because the demand is coming down. So coming down, but not exactly for the reason that you would hope. And uh, Charlie, you got this next article, I believe, from the uh, Daily Wire. Yeah, um, well, I got I just a couple tweets guys, in here. I want you to know that from our Lord and Savior, Joseph R. Biden, uh, that Biden, uh, oh, sorry, that he dismisses the record high inflation news and he says that it's out of date. This report's two weeks old at this point, guys. These are June's numbers. These are June, June's long gone. Someone get me a report for July 13th right now. While Biden acknowledged that the inflation reading was, quote, unacceptably high, he deflected by asserting that the data are also out of date. Energy alone comprised nearly half of the monthly increase in inflation. Today's data does not reflect the full impact of nearly 30 days of decreases in gas prices. He said in a statement, noting that gas prices have fallen, but fallen by about 40 cents since June. Now, even falling 40 cents, that's still up almost 100%. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Yeah. Uh, those savings are providing important breathing room for American families. Those are savings. Not true, by the way. Those are savings. Because to Nate's point, what's happening is people don't, they can't afford it anymore. So it doesn't mean that they are, that, that there's any breathing room. They're not getting gas because they can't, right? They're having to spend that money on things like food. So indeed, gas prices fell to four sixty three per gallon as of Wednesday, according to AAA. Yet national average gas prices in early June surpassed five dollars per gallon, a reality reflected in the most recent inflation report. Gas prices were two thirty eight per gallon ahead of Biden's. So yeah, like literally, right? It's still one hundred percent increase. Uh, ahead of Biden's inauguration and 353 ahead of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, according to the U.S. Energy Information Administration. Now, I, I will put the disclaimer in there 
Uh, yes, the price was a lot lower at the time of Biden's inauguration. We were also still dealing with a lot of economic uh, lockdowns, a lot of a lot more restrictions on travel, and of course, the demand for gas was a lot lower at the time during the height of the pandemic when people were scared to go places. So stands a reason that the gas prices will be a lot lower, like they're coming down right now. They're trying to meet where the actual demand is, which is why it was so low at that time. Mm. So the prices, listen, even if Trump got 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 to win his court victories and or the insurrection had succeeded and uh, they were still holding people hostage at the Capitol and he was still the uh, dictator in chief, the gas prices would have gone up a lot as the economy reopened. Well, that wouldn't matter because democracy would be dead. Mm -hmm. And so all like life wouldn't be worth living (laughs) at that point. Yes. So who cares? Ain't nobody going to be guy in gasoline. Very true. Biden also claimed that inflation is quote worse everywhere than in the United States, even though the UK, Germany, Canada, South Korea, and Japan are all seeing lower rates of inflation, according to data from the OECD. Now take a break on that for a sec. I brought in this data. Uh, So we could go over it. Biden has and the White House have wanted to remind us repeatedly that uh, we're doing better than everyone else still, even though I know it's bad, but we're doing better than everyone else. This is from the OECD, and this is a report from June, and it catches up to April's numbers. These are April's numbers. Just keep that in mind. That is how far back when you're collecting data from all of the countries. Takes a little bit more time. Um, here's the report for each of the G7, then we get the G20. And what I did on this was I highlighted the nations that were higher in inflation year over year than the United States. So here's the United States right there. And here are the nations that are higher, Argentina and Brazil, as far as the G20 is concerned. And we're higher than all the G7 and all that. So um, yeah, not the best, not the, not the best points he's making there. Mm. Referring to declining oil prices, Biden also asserted that oil and gas companies must, must not use this moment as an excuse for profiting by not passing along savings at the pump. He also called on gas stations, which earn margins as low as 1.4% on their fuel, to bring down their prices. So let's get this straight, just so everyone is following along. When the prices of oil shoot up really fast... Um, the gas stations aren't supposed to raise their prices with the price of oil. You're not supposed to do that. But when the price of oil starts to go back down, he commands thee to lower their gas prices immediately with a decrease in the price of oil. Mm. Just that's how this works. We should be given away for free. Mm-hmm. I mean, gas is a human right. You have a right to it. You have a right to fuel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Biden vowed to, quote, urge Congress to act this month on legislation to reduce the cost of everyday expenses that are hitting American families. Wouldn't that be nice? You know, you just pass a law that says you can't charge anything for anything. Mm -hmm. That'll solve the problem. It solves problems, Mm -hmm. folks. So including prescription drugs, utility bills and health insurance premiums. Many Democratic lawmakers have introduced legislation that would allow Biden to control prices, such as by declaring an an energy emergency to stop fuel companies from selling at prices deemed, quote, unconscionably excessive. Now, what does that even mean? It means whatever you feel like it means. 
is the proper answer to that question. However you feel. Ugh. Excessive. Mm-hmm. That is, um, that's a very objective uh, economic term. Of course. Excessiveness. Mm-hmm. Of course. So, yeah, the, here's how you fix the problem. You have a bunch of price controls on, on everything, and then the problem's solved, right? You just make it a law. Like, people can't pay more than this for this thing. But you all have learned on this show is not a good thing. So go back and listen to, I don't know. 200 something episodes <laughs> probably 200 episodes and we covered that. and there's lots about price controls rent controls this is it's already been studied by the by by economist and it's never a good thing and to just you know they talk about like the invisible hand of the market being a bad thing like what about like the the wizard hand of government as if that's like Milton Friedman calls it the invisible foot of government. Okay. Yeah. There we go. I call it the extremely visible hand of government. <laughs> yeah. Because you can see it. Yeah. And it's slapping you in the face. Well, they, just, they act like they can literally like just wave a wand and like everything will just magically be better. I'm you always, reminded of, my face right I'm always reminded of Jordan Peterson. It's like, Look, it's better. <laughs> it's better. Okay. By no, the way, not. they do this thing again. And Biden and his string of tweets, or whoever tweets for him, they always have to point to the core inflation. Now, the core inflation removes food and energy, but they want to make sure you know that core inflation is down for the third month in a row. To lower inflation more without giving up the economic gains we've achieved, Congress must act. Now, the core inflation, like we said at the top of the program, is extremely important if you are listening and your house, your household does not require food or energy, then you're probably doing okay right now. Mm-hmm. Probably doing just fine. But yeah. if you're unfortunate enough to be in the segment of the population that, that, whose household requires food and energy, you're just going to have to bear with us for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Congress is going to have to do something to fix this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Just remove food and energy. That's fine. Yeah. Because, well, the aliens will be fine with that. They don't need Mm -hmm. it. They're like, they have their own energy. Now, one of the, so they do this, they separate them out because the energy prices, they're kind of separated. They're extremely not separated from the current policies we have. But you could say that they're, okay, they're separated from other things because we get a lot of our food and our oil from other countries and everything. It's a world market. There's nothing we can do about that. It is what it is. So here, let's look at this core inflation of things that we also get from other countries and see how much that's going up. And uh, the problem is our policies are creating the inflation. And it's not just the Fed printing the money, which we know all about that. It's also us trying to rid the world of Russia's gas and oil, which is not working. They're still able to sell their gas and oil to India and China. People are still buying it. They're still in Ukraine. We just announced that we're going to give another billion and change to Ukraine, I believe yesterday or this morning also. Where the heck is that money going, and how is Hunter actually going to spend all of it before he dies from an overdose? (laughs) This is ridiculous. How do they expect him to spend all this money before he dies? I think he's going to get his extra 20.6 grams of crack. Oh, man. They're finally going to give him the right amount. Wrong kid died. <laughs> oh. Okay. Kidding. All right. I don't want any of them to die. All right. Let's go over some of this. We're talking about Putin inflation right now. 
This is our core inflation. We'll use that for the moment. You can see it is, in fact, heading down. Now, this is all Putin's fault, as you can tell by looking at the chart. In fact, I circled the area where Russia invaded Ukraine (laughs) 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 on the chart. (laughs) I circled that area right there because this is... This is the problem <laughs> right here where Russia invaded Ukraine. That's the big, that's the big issue yeah. that we're dealing with. Mm. Now, once again, I'll send out the disclaimer. Of course, once we started to exit the pandemic and demand returned into the economy and business, businesses were able to reopen, the prices that businesses were trying to sell things at, while no one had any jobs, they were just living on more money than before because the government was giving it to them. <laughs> of course, the prices rose after that, we were going to have inflation coming out of that. But that is, that really is the, uh, <laughs> it's really funny when you look at it like that. <clears throat> okay. Did uh, I have anything else? Oh, this is our actual CPI inflation uh, right there. This chart comes from the New York Times, which comes from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. You can see nearing 10%. And then I circled the, uh, the area for the Putin price hike as well on this chart. So that's the issue. That's the problem that we're dealing with right now. Here's another big issue that probably people aren't going to really worry about because I didn't see Biden really talk about this today. But the BLS also released the fact that real average hourly earnings for all employees decreased 1% from May to June. Mm. Now, that is a pretty important fact that happened. Unfortunately, it turns out most of those employees did require food and energy. So then you do come out with this problem. The month over month increase was 1.3. And so we actually got a 0.3 increase in average hourly earnings. Inflation was 1.3. So the real average hourly earnings was down, were down 1% for all employees. But you know what? This is for you. This is for the people. Don't forget everything that they did for you during the pandemic. Okay? COVID came in. It took control of our government buildings and locked down the economy, held our economy hostage, forced people out of work, and they came, they swooped in, and they helped you. And they're also helping you because how are you going to feel good about not liking Russia and liking Ukraine a bunch if they don't come in and block people from using Russia's oil and gas. So I really hope it was worth it to everyone to continue losing more and more money month over month. And then they'll blame the economic situation that we're in on capitalism, I'm sure, and price gouging, profits, stuff like that. That's where the main issue will come from. All right, so there's a little bit of that data. Charlie's reading something right now. Well, I was just going to let you know that they're, they've changed the CPI so much over the years as well, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, um, in fact, in, the, in 1978, I was reading here, I believe, that they, uh, I think, yeah, 1978, they begin rotating the outlet and item samples every five years. They begin rotating one-fifth of the CPI prices, pricing areas each year. Like, they, so that... It's not a true, like, collection of everything. Well, like I said, it depends they, on your household. Like, maybe you use, maybe most of your expenses go towards, maybe you make not much money at all, and most of your expendable income, that ends up going towards food and energy and gas and all that, just things so you can survive. For you, 
inflation is like 30% right now. Now or for more, it's like for, 50. For everyone else who has that money and then they have money for all the other items also, their inflation's like 12% right now. And then for like the real rich people who can actually get this basket of goods that they have in the CPI number, it's like 9.1. That's what it is. It's it's kind of different from mm. person to person. But they don't they don't really count everything and things kind of switch around and you can obviously tell depending on the industry there's definitely the prices are a lot higher for for average folks. And so I just want people to be aware of that that what, you know, the CPI uh, has changed several times throughout history and it's not it's not indu- like indicative of like true inflation, I would say. There are actually websites where you can go in and make your own basket of goods and they'll tell you what your inflation rate is, mm. has, has been over that time. I, I did it once and because there's a vegetarian in my household, it's gone up more. Mm. So going to have to solve that problem. To trade that in. <laughs> you know, I wanted to bring up this stupid headline. We don't actually have to do the article. This is from November 17th of 2021 from CNBC. Ignore the hysterical people. Inflation is not here to stay. Economist says it was transitory. Don't be hysterical. Mm-hmm. Calm down is what he was saying. Inflation's not here to stay. Okay. It's going to go away. It's transitory. Magoo said true inflation has never been tried. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have real inflation. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't real inflation. So then we also have this thing three reasons not to panic about decades high inflation. Some of these are just random articles I was going through finding different different numbers, people telling you not to compl- not to freak out. Everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And so it, it is eventually. What I hope is that everyone can make it through these turbulent times that we're going through right now. I hope people are making smart financial decisions. I hope you're not going into a, a, a ton of debt right now that's especially So anything. you hope they stay seated with their seatbelt fastened as they go through the, the turbulence. Of course. Yeah, the trade table's up. While they're while they're going through that, mm-hmm. and and so you know, just you might dip pretty low depending on what we hit. You know? we'll see. Those air pockets can drop. You, you got know. a bum ticker could end up hurting you out. You know, mm-hmm. knocking you out. So just make good financial decisions. Uh, don't spend money you don't have. Think about the future. Think about what could happen. Uh, for instance, like my wife and I are talking about whether or not she's going to lose her job in the next month or so. I'll just say that because her company just got purchased by another company. And so we're like, oh, are they going to get rid of you? Is that what's going to happen? So maybe our spending is a little bit more tight right now because that could suck, you know? Uh, So just make good decisions. And you know the most annoying part about this whole situation, Charles, is that this is all so easy. This is all really easy to solve. Like if I were a dictator in chief, I could come in, could solve this like a a day, like a day or two. (laughs) I don't know how many signatures I could sign in one day. I could solve a lot of these problems, you know? Yeah. Open up the drilling. Stop it with all the Green New Deal, climate change BS that there is out there. Halt the government spending completely. Get rid of the government spending, <laughs> for sure, except for essential items. Uh, oh, so you you're guys, deciding who's essential now. I'm just saying, there's got to be some mm. essential function. You would like to decide who's en- who's essential. Well, yeah, I need like limos and you know <laughs> planes, dinners. stuff like that lobsters champ- yeah. champagne of mm-hmm. course you got to have that so essential items like that you want to keep all that you allow us to get our oil you just stop the virtue signaling get just get done with that interest rates are going to need to go up a little bit because they do need to go up okay there needs to be a cost to borrowing the money um, 
maybe you get rid of the Federal Reserve. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time to do all of that. In but if day. we do in a day. In a day. There's a lot to do in a day. Yeah. But this is all easily these are easily solvable problems. And instead we go through this crazy scheme of who's who bought this politician for what and who bought this one for what and now we gotta argue about all these things that don't actually solve the problem. We're trying to we're trying to hike the prices. We're trying to freeze prices on stuff. That's worked a lot in the past. And we're trying to switch over to a completely new form of energy. That should be pretty easy. Not going to cause any problems at all. We have all this mess. They never solve any problems. They blame it on everyone else, which is amazing. I'm impressed, but I'm also frustrated that they keep doing this. Mm. Because it's so, it's so like you were just saying earlier, like it seems so easy and commonsensical. Like you could say this to someone and like, this would clearly work. That's not, that's not the point though. How are you going to get reelected if there's no problems? Well, another thing is like, it's not, it's not simple as in the solution is like, we have all the right answers. The solution is we don't know. We should stop interfering and let the market figure it out. That's the solution. Like if you're president or dictator in chief or whatever, you go in and be like, yeah, we're just going to stop doing all this stuff. Like, that's your answer? People are like, well, that's your answer? Well, yeah. Yeah, because mm -hmm. it's too complicated for one person or 500 people to figure out. The, the only people who can actually figure it out is the entire market. You need participation from every single person to figure it out. So it's not like it's a hard sell because you're coming in and you're like, well, what are you going to do about it? Well, it's like, well, we're going to do less. I'm not going to do anything. Exactly. I'm going to let you take care yeah. of it. That's what I'm going to do. And they're like, oh, so you hate democracy? It's like learning how to surf, you know? You get basically, you go, you do nothing. Mm -hmm. Do Pop. less. Yeah, do less. And that, so it makes it a tough sell on people in general because they want to see some type of actionable step when the action needs to be nothing. Like I need to come in and be like, now, that doesn't mean that we won't, experience some pain for a little while because there, like there's so much going on you know i i, I really like the i really like the libertarian or let's say ron paul analogy of the heroin even uh, stapleton mentions this i like that analogy because like <laughs> there's going to be some pain when you're withdrawing from the inflation and and the monetary policy that's been created if you if you were to actually implement the correct solution which is pull back everything that like there's going to be a withdrawal period and then everyone's going to hate you because like well look see what you did and then as time goes on the market obviously will correct itself so i just don't i don't know how we can implement that in our lifetime i i don't either and the the problem is our system is not really set up to dial it back once it's been ratcheted up like that because even if someone did get elected that was going to do that that withdrawal period that pain period that you would have to go through people are going to be so upset about all the stuff that they feel like they're losing or all the problems that you cause they're going to blame it on you if i used to be able to shoot up before this asshole walked in the room <laughs> right you know and so they're going to be so mad at you that you'll end up getting voted out the next person who was running on solving everyone's problems is going to come in and do the same thing again so you're saying the amp only goes to 11 and you can't turn it down. it's tough to dial it back because it takes more than four years to dial it back mm. so i Sorry to blackpill you on what used to be called White Pill Wednesday, although not today or the last Wednesday I've, either. I forgot it was Wednesday. I normally do. Yeah, someone's got to remind me.
Well, folks, we just got some big news from our friend Mikkel Thurup over at expatmoney.com, and that's that they have confirmed the one and only Dr. Ron Paul for the Expat Money Summit. That is the online free Expat Money Summit coming up in November. Of course, the link will be in the show notes, but you are going to learn all kinds of stuff from 30 experts including Ron Paul, everything from how to secure your own Plan B safe haven, how to use foreign currencies, offshore banking, to centralized finance, to safeguard your money, how to legally reduce your tax burden, stuff about gold and silver and other precious metals. Of course, I can get a second passport to travel the globe. And by the way, we just had Mikkel on episode 757 not too long ago talking about all the great things that they are showing people over at expatmoney.com. And of course, there's the Expat Money Show, the podcast on all of your podcast apps. We will put a link to that in the show notes as well. You can go listen to that with tons of great interviews and content constantly streaming out from Mikkel. So once again, register now for free. That's the expatmoneysummit.com. This is your way to fight back against what's happening in the world Stand up, protect yourself, and find out how to secure your new life abroad. Register now for free. That's expatmoneysummit.com. And go listen to The Expat Money Show on all of your podcast apps. I'm Speaking of it not being White Pill Wednesday, let's watch this um, troubling video Ugh. from the... You, this, this came out, and I understand why the cops didn't want it to be released. I do, because it is uh, gross and terrible. And so we're going to watch this. This is a little time lapse of all the time it took them to actually respond. I'll try and read you some of the stuff, some of the text that's on the video. Now, don't worry. These screams have been removed from the video, so you're not going to hear any of that. You're just going to see the actions of the police in, in this video. That was why I held off on watching it for a while. So let's see what we got going on here. Let me see if I can expand this. So May 24th, surveillance video shows a truck crash near Robb Elementary. You'll have to watch this on YouTube or live by going to joingmail.com. The gunman fires three shots at two men who approach the crash scene. Gunman begins shooting at the school from the parking lot. Get in, get in your room! Get in your room! Then we got a video of the guy going in the school. He just opens the door. 11.33 a.m., he enters the school. Get a young kid coming around the corner. Fires his AR-15 for two and a half minutes. Three minutes later, police enter the school.
the officers go up to the classroom door. Check a text. One thing I saw, the guy, the officer just checked his phone. I saw a zoomed in of that. He's got the uh, the Punisher skull as his background on the phone. Mm. Four minutes later, officers retreat to the hallway and take cover. Nineteen minutes later, heavily armed officers arrive with their shields. 31 minutes later, they're still standing there. 36 minutes later, no rescue attempt. 48 minutes later, they're still standing at the same spot in the hallway. There's a guy with a with a gas mask on. A couple of them. He's going to use some gas. Is that a SWAT team? Now they're going in. 57 minutes later, this guy's getting hand sanitizer from the dispenser on the side of the wall. COVID's very dangerous to children, so... 77 minutes later, they breach the classroom and kill the gunman. Okay. 77 minutes. Does it show the Border Patrol guy? No, that's way down the hallway, so I guess that's... I don't know. Okay. No, that's that's it. They were just showing the time lapse of what was going on. There was a, a, a good 48 minutes there where they were just standing there at the corner. And, of course, like I said, they removed all of the uh, the screams and, and all of that from the video. So that's why it sounds a little funky and there's not much going on. There would have been stuff in the background. I sincerely hope that the entire department is replaced. I know some of the people wanted to go in. Um, I think they're going to have to do a clean sweep on this one. And um, I hope a lot of them resign. I know that you don't want any officers to lose their lives, but it seems to me like the number one, the number one object objective was the protection of the officers and making sure that they weren't in danger when they tried to do anything. I just cannot imagine standing at the corner for 48 minutes and then I'm saying 48 because at that point, one of them did move to the corner to get some hand sanitizer. And then 77 minutes later is when they actually go into the room. Mm. It's pretty gross. This should have been stopped. Sickening. And um, I know it's easy for me to sit here in my chair and talk about how people should have put their lives on the line. But if if you can't do it, then maybe you shouldn't be a police officer. I'll just put it that way. That's right. Okay. Um, well, I hope everyone's had a great day so far. <laughs> wow. I don't, I don't know what I need to do now. Yeah. 
That was very somber. It it is. It's sad. Really sad. But uh <clears throat> yeah, if you if you're not willing to to risk your life to protect others, then yeah, I think you should probably not be a cop. I think we have this view that the cops are like the you know, they're like these soldiers that are brave, like your soldiers that are going to go in and they're, they know someone's going to be shooting at them, but they're going to go in there and they're going to try to kill the terrorist, you know, and, and it doesn't seem to really be the case. You see this a lot. I watch a lot of cop shows and I watch body cam and I watch all these, all these shows on all the channels. Now there are some heroes. Of course there are some heroes, but it does seem to be that the, when something bad is happening, like number one thing is let's make sure that none of let's make sure that I can do this and there's no risk to my life in the process. Now it's a surprise thing that happens. Like, yeah, they get put in danger all the time. You never know. You're going to walk up to a car because they pull, because he pulled them over for speeding. They can pull out a gun and shoot you. Like you're in danger all the time as a cop, clearly. But when there is a clear danger in front of them, there seems to be a ton of hesitation to go in there and protect citizens, which is like one of the top reasons you went there to be cops. I know that it's important to write tickets and collect money for the state. I understand that. But one of the main reasons you want cops is because when something bad is happening, you want them to come in and stop the bad thing from happening and not 77 minutes later. So it's pretty gross. I, if I were any of those guys, I would not be able to continue being a police. I would be too. I would be too ashamed. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. No, and I realize they're following orders. Isn't it great that everyone who's ever worked for a government has always had that excuse? And this is the actual problem: is that the everyone looks to government to save them, and right here on full display, they're not here to save you. They don't care about you. Now, some of these guys probably care, but they don't have to do anything about it. You know, it took a, what did it take? The, the border patrol officer was a dad, wasn't he? Uh, yes. It took a dad, someone with some skin in the game to, to go in there and actually save some folks. And, um, oh, it's just, it's heartbreaking. It's absolutely heartbreaking. And the fact that the kid just opened the door, just like, you watch him walk in the school. It didn't even, he didn't have to try hard. The common sense door reforms. It just opened it right up. So anyway, think about that on your Wednesday, about how the government doesn't care about you. Um, and man, those poor families, I just feel absolutely horrible for them. Well, and we're, we're talking about this, by the way, not to make everyone feel sad and so upset that you, you just want to cry or you want to punch someone because there are reforms that need to take place. Police and firefighters and roads and bridges and schools and stuff like those are the things that the government must always have control over and if we're you know it's probably going to be a while before we erase any of those facts of life so maybe we could come up with some reforms for this and one of them by the way is not allowing these people to be the only people that are allowed to have weapons which is a pretty common thing that's being called for right now because allowing them to be the only people that have weapons does not mean that that kid would not have had a weapon he still could have found one still could have gone in there still would have taken 77 minutes that all still could have happened. What you, because they clearly were not most worried about saving the lives of the people in there. They were worried about making sure it was extremely safe for them, they had everything they needed, 
and they, God, the screens have been removed from the video. I don't want to hear them, but I almost do because I want to hear what they were hearing while they were standing there doing nothing so I can get real mad, real, real mad. Imagine what they were hearing while they were standing there. Disgusting. So absolutely horrific. All right, y'all, if you enjoyed today's episode, please hit that follow button, share the show with a friend, a family member, and the children, and uh, leave us a rating and review, please. I'm begging you, just leave one and say say how much you like the show. Um, if you don't like the show, send us an email, and we'll do something about it uh, in but via email, not, not via review. The review's only for good, the good only, and the review. Send us an email if you hate me, mainly, Chuck. At uh, Chuck at Good Morning Living. And you can put like one star emoji in the email if you want to. Exactly. That's it's, the way to do it. Yeah, it's it's the that negative hurt, reviews. That system. hurts us way more too because I hate email and I hate talk, mm-hmm. I hate receiving emails and all that. So if you got a bad review, emailing it and only putting like one star emoji in there, mm-hmm. whew, that cuts deep. Real deep. It's the negative review system. It's the new thing we're trying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So make sure you send those emails off. For the negative reviews. And uh, if you want to be part of Nate's pre-show, sign up, joingml.com. That's joingml.com. If you do all those things, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning. Liberty.